The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. Hello, and welcome to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel, and today's episode is episode number 340. My husband, Steve Siegel, is producer and co-founder of the podcast. Just a reminder to please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star rating so that people can find us. Today's episode is an interview with a lady named April Babcock. April lost her son to fentanyl poisoning, and since then, she didn't allow grief, take, grief to take over. She started an organization and a movement. She has a group on Facebook that's now 28,000 members strong. Her group is called Lost Voices of Fentanyl. Let's talk to April Babcock. April Babcock, I know that you are a super busy woman and a super passionate woman, so thank you for being on the podcast today. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me on and just listen to what I have to say. Appreciate it. Absolutely. April, tell us just a little bit about your background and Austin's background and just tell us the beginning. Well, um, my son, um, well, I'm April Babcock. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. I have a cleaning business. Uh, um, so I'm, I'm just an average person living in America, you know, have my own company. It's small. I'm not rich. I'm not poor. You know, that's me. I'm a hard worker. Um, my son, Austin, passed away at the age of 25 from fentanyl poisoning. He started dabbling when he was 19, his senior year in high school. He started with the marijuana. That so many people I hear say it's not a gateway. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not a gateway drug. I mean, in spite of the fact of all of the people who've been on our podcast who have beaten addiction and started on marijuana. It's absolutely a gateway drug. So the marijuana dealer knows the Coke dealer. The Coke dealer knows the dope dealer. So once you start out with marijuana, you know, it just let him down. Put it to you this way. He started at 19. He's dead by 25. So my didn't last long in this day and age. And it's what I tell everybody in this day and age, you can't mess around because you will just eventually die. It's not a matter of if it's only when are you going to die? And, you know, I say, don't die for one high. Right. Because what it is every time, every time it's just one high. And is and that what happened with Austin? No, not what happened with Austin. My son did suffer with a substance use disorder. Like okay. I said, it got with marijuana. He spent a little bit of time doing Xanax. He spent a little bit of time doing whippets. Um, What's that? He, I don't know what that is. Sorry. It's like a, a, a can. I don't even really know. You okay. know, you can get a whipped cream uh-huh. and before you shake it up, just suck in that air. <sighs> but they sell them in these little cartridges and... I know he was doing whippets because I found a trash can full of these cartridges. I had to ask him. I didn't know what the hell it was. Um, When I caught my son, anytime I caught him doing anything, he never tried to deny it. He never threw anything away. So he always left evidence out. And I feel that that was his cry for help Um, because he wanted me to see it. But then I would confront him. And it was always the argument, well, why are you being nosy? Mind your own business. But, well, then why aren't you flushing stuff down the toilet or disposing of it where I will never find it? 
So really, it was his cry for help. Unfortunately, fentanyl just took him out. Um, Do you know if he had done it before or was this just one time trying something? My son was never addicted to fentanyl. Like I said, it was marijuana. He was kind of a drug hopper. Whoever he was, I don't know how to explain it. Whatever crowd of people he was hanging out with at the time, whatever they were doing, he would do. You know, he wanted to get fucked up. Am I I allowed to say that? Yes, you are. He liked, he liked, you know, I guess not dealing with reality. You know, he did have issues. His father was never in his life. I mean, his own father didn't attend his funeral. (sighs) Really sad. His dad said he had too many obligations. Wow. Wow. So imagine what it was like when my son was alive now he's dead it's a it's a funeral and you have too many obligations and can't even say goodbye to your child so i know that affected my son growing up because i have two other children and their father was in their lives but austin was my little he was my one that you know he didn't have a dad i was the dad i was the mom i was the dad um and he was such an awesome kid he was Laid back, mellow, chill, could not stand drama, very athletic. Soccer, you know, soccer was his thing. He he lived and breathed that sport. But um so the marijuana, the whippets, the um CNX, then he started doing coke. He he liked snorting cocaine. Um well then that snorting cocaine, he, he ended up getting with a girl. She had been using heroin for fifteen years. And when that got back to me and I found out, hey, she's an everyday heroin user, I panicked, of course. I sat down with my son and I told him, which he already knew, and he admitted to me that he knew what she did. Um, He was lonely. She was lonely. And, you know, he was with her on and off for two years. And, you know, he said he loved her. And I believe he He did love her, Mm -hmm. but they weren't good for each other because I told him, if you're you're with her long enough, you're going to eventually do what she's doing. And I caught him doing heroin a few times. Um, Oh, Lord. It's really hard for me to talk about my son's story. I try to keep it brief, but so... But he was not addicted to heroin. He was a... At this point in time... He wanted cocaine. That was his choice. Right. But he did do heroin here and there with her. And that I do know. And the night he died, it, you know, honestly, I'm not sure about the night he died. I thought my son died from fentanyl and cocaine um, because that's what his toxicology report says, fentanyl and cocaine intoxication. But after about a year, well, after six months after he died, I got the police report. And then I never really looked at it. I looked at it, but I didn't study it. I didn't look at it. And then, like, I don't know. I can't remember the exact dates or how long because everything starts to become crazy. But um, when I finally pulled that police report out, I saw it said CDS residue on it. And it's kind of crazy. So I, I think the night my son died... I saw in his phone, I believe he got crack cocaine. So Uh, I'm like, if there's CDS residue, 
that's got to be powder, not crack cocaine. So I'm like, did my son get a dime of dope to come down from smoking crack? Because a lot of crack users will get a dime of dope to come down smoking crack so they don't go out and spend all their money on crack because that's what that drug does to you. You just spend all your money and have nothing. Right. So honestly, he died from fentanyl. Did he know he was getting it? Absolutely not. And that's why I say when anybody disguises a harmful substance in anything for another person to consume without their knowledge and it causes death or harm, that's the definition of a poisoning. That's right. And and murder, and, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's murder. And the majority of people that I've talked to in recovery that are hooked on fent or were hooked on fentanyl, you know, that's not what they wanted. They wanted heroin. Right. That's what they were seeking. And then, you know, for the ones that don't die, they're getting dependent on fentanyl unbeknownst to them. And by yep. the time they realize that that's what they're dependent on, it's too late. Yep. It's too late. And that's what's going on. So you got the fake pills out there. So we got 13, 14, 15, 16 year old kids thinking they're getting a Xanax or a Percocet or an Adderall. In all reality, those kids that don't die, they're growing a fentanyl dependency. Right. And they don't even realize it. Yep. Sometimes. The hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 866-989-4499 today and say the word podcast to get a 10% discount or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. We appreciate you listening to the Addiction Podcast Point of No Return. We don't do this podcast because we are former addicts. We don't do this podcast because we have loved ones who have suffered from addiction. We do this podcast because we feel that addiction is one of the biggest problems facing the world today, and that no matter who you are, no matter your religion, no matter your income status, no matter your race, no matter anything about you, addiction affects you. This podcast is a free resource for anybody looking for help with addiction. If you would like to contribute to our podcast, please go to bit.ly slash fight drugs. That's HTTPS colon slash slash B-I-T dot L-Y slash fight drugs and make a donation of whatever amount you would like. Thank you for supporting us. The service comes with a free one hour consultation with Bobby. Had you ever heard of fentanyl before your son died? I had just started hearing about fentanyl about six months before my son died. Okay. And I... I was under the impression it was in the heroin. Uh, I didn't know about it being in Coke and being in pills. I didn't know any of that. But I can tell you the night my son died, before they even took his body out of the room, I knew it was fentanyl because I knew what my son was doing. 
I, and mind you, I'm recovering myself. I okay. smoked and all for 20 years of my life. You know, that's, mm-hmm. it was my drug of choice. Um, I was never an everyday user. I was a very functioning addict. And sometimes I would go two years without touching it. Sometimes I would have a bad three months, be clean for six months, be bad for three months, be clean for four months. It was very weird and odd. I don't know. Call me an oddball. But anyway, that's how my addiction went for about 20 years. But um, I lost my train of thought. And how long have you been clean and sober? Um, October 25th, 2015. Okay. But it was, that was from Percocets because yes, then I ended up getting a Perc problem. That's a whole other issue. When I stopped doing the Coke, you know, one addiction leads to another addiction. If you don't work, you know, the 12 steps, which I believe NA works if you work it. It's the one thing that's 100% free that we hear nothing about. Why is that? Because it's free. They want to push methadone and suboxone down your throat and have you high, high for five years, 10 years. They're not weaning people off. They're increasing their dosage. You're absolutely right. It's just a nightmare of a system. Yep. Well, I am sorry that that happened to Austin. I'm sorry that you as a mom had to experience that. It's why we do this podcast. I, I, yeah. Terrific. It's but debilitating. Absolutely. I, I, I can't even really imagine. Well, I just try to inspire people to get up and fight. I was going to say, you turned your grief and the horror of your son's death into helping other people. And tell us, how did that come about? How did you start your, your organization, Lost Voices for Fentanyl? How did that get going? Um, I guess about a year and a half after my son died and mind you that first year and a half, like the day my son was laying in that house before his body was taken out of the house, I made a choice either I can, and mind you, I'm recovering, right? So I could have chose to run to that or run to God. It was not an option. Like it was a or B, what am I going to choose? And that day on my porch, I said, I'm all yours, God. Here I am. So I ran to God with my grief. I put it at the foot of the cross. Sometimes I guess this burden is too much to bear. A mother, I mean, people commit suicide over this. This is real. This is horror. I can't, if there's anything, like, it's like hell. I don't know what hell's like, but that's all I can imagine it being like. Because when you lose a child, you want to die. You want to die. You ha- your kid is dead. It's not, it's very not normal. There's right. nothing normal about it. And I always say, it's not my new normal. It's never going to be my new normal. Right. It's not normal. So anyway, so I just went to God with my grief. And I, I, I and that's a choice. And you got to make that choice. You can choose to do it on your own or you can choose to give it to God because he can carry that burden. I'm not saying it's easy, but when you knock and you knock and you knock and you seek and you seek and you seek, he will answer you and prayers, prayers, prayers. And one day it just came to me. I'm going to have a rally in Washington, D.C. Because honestly, I tried doing things in my state of Maryland 
And anytime I brought up the word fentanyl, it is not on their radar and doors were closed in my face by, I wrote every Senator in the state of Maryland. And, you know, I wasn't very political before my son died. And then when I started writing, I'm like, we have 87 senators in Maryland. Like <laughs> I had no clue, Yeah. <laughs> but I wrote every one of them. I, I would email, I would, it was, it was a losing battle. You are listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information on the podcast or to reach out, if you have a story you would like to share with us, go to our Facebook page by the same name, or you can email us at theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com or go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. So that's when I said, okay, I'm going to rally in D.C. And then I'm like, well, I have to give it a name. I came up with Lost Voices of Fentanyl. I I didn't leave my bedroom for 18 months. Put it to you that way. Yeah. Had you been reached by other parents? Did you find other parents when you started to go through this? Um, There were a lot. There were groups out there. There were groups out there, but... I never found any that was, I focus on fentanyl. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of groups out there for, you know, overdose. So they, they call it, which I don't call any drug death and overdose because what is the safe dose of heroin? <laughs> uh, what's the safe dose of Coke or crack or MDMA? There's no safe dose of any illicit drug. So in my eyes, I call them all a drug induced homicide and I, support that the drug induced homicide foundation you know i work with them support them love them because that's exactly that's one of the things lost voices of fentanyl fights for as well but um they're all a poisoning there's no safe dose of any illicit drug but but i focus on the illicit fentanyl that's what god put on my heart to do it doesn't mean that i don't care about those that die from heroin or any other drug but what i do with my grief. That's what God put on my heart to do. And I'm 100% laser focused on illicit fentanyl poisonings. Right. Now you know, this was what, like 2016, 2017, that you were writing to senators. I'm just wondering if you're getting more awareness. Um, yeah. And the last two years, I will say, I mean, it kind of makes me sad to say this, but when Joe Biden became president and when he opened up the border, then huh, then we started hearing it from, you know, the Republican yeah, yep. Republicans started talking about it. And honestly, that kind of just pisses me off because when Trump was president, when my son died under the Trump administration, none of them were talking about it. Yep. This was a crisis when Trump was president. It was a crisis when Obama was president. This has been a crisis for 10 years that's been ignored. You know why? Because in the beginning of this crisis, it was just, this is not how I look at it, but those people. Yeah. So yeah. heroin users, yeah. they the first ones being preyed upon. Drug addicts, right. Yeah. No one cared. And yep. if they would have cared, if they would have listened, you know what? We wouldn't be burying babies and teenagers now. That's right. Really sad, but yep. I am grateful that we are moving slowly, but 
you know, doors are opening and they are starting to talk about it. There's actually a lot of politicians talking about it now. And I'm grateful. But yep. you know what? We need not just a little bit of politicians. The Democrats and the Republicans, all of them should be concerned because this is an everybody issue. It doesn't matter what color you are or who you vote for. This is not a political issue. It's not a racial issue. It's not a religious issue. It affects everybody equally. You, it doesn't matter who you are. You can die of fentanyl poisoning. Absolutely. What year did you do your first rally, April? Um, so 2021, August 27th of 2021, we were in front of the Chinese embassy. And then last year, September 17th, I had my second annual rally and we went in front of the White House that time. And this year, September 23rd, we will be going back again to the White House. But it's an all-day event. Right. So before we even go to the White House at 10 a.m., we'll be at the Northeast Quadrant on the Washington Monument is where we start. From 10 to 3, we have speakers on the mic all day. And then at 3 o'clock, we get a police escort where we march to the White House. And then we'll be at the White House for two hours. And that's where we rally. That's where we get loud and we rally. And then after that, we go back and we have a one-hour concert, actually, oh. from six to seven this year. We have a one-hour concert. And there are two guys in recovery. One's from um, Ohio. The other guy's from Florida. And they're going to put together a one-hour concert. They're rappers, but they rap about what, we, what we're why we go to the White House, right. that's what they sing in their songs. I love that. Now, yeah. all of this information that you just told me, because I didn't get it all written down, um, but it's all on the website, lvof.org? Absolutely. And also, um, our big following is on Facebook. Okay. And, uh, and I tell people, and it's a public group, so anybody can join our group. Uh, and we keep it public for a reason. So the general public can see what's going on. And, oh, that's the question you were asking me. Was I in any groups? There were some groups on Facebook before I created mine, but there were none focused on fentanyl. I got it. But, but the more now, you got into it, then you found more and more people because I noticed the pictures on your shirt. There's a lot more on there than just Austin. Oh, yeah. Um, we have, these are banners that we make. Um, for the victims of fentanyl poisoning. And we have 56 people on a banner. Right now we have 35 banners. That's and unreal. It's an project. Honestly, we only open it up like twice a year to add your loved one to our banner. Because, wow. you know, my partner, Virginia, Virginia Krieger, she's the one that builds the banners. So she's looking at the faces. She's building them on the computer. And it's a really hard thing for her to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all of those faces, all of those young people. We got babies on here. It's babies. Just, it's wrong. Yeah, babies. And it's disgusting because babies are not suffering with a substance use disorder. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's a lot of the, I, I, I just to be real, we have haters and they're the extreme harm reduction people. And honestly, I don't know why they don't join our fight because we're focusing on illicit fentanyl. If we can get that out of the drug supply, if we can, you know, and that's what we're fighting for. And I'm right. never going to give up hope, but right. it, that would help their community. And they, and then they would actually be able to help those that are suffering right now. 
they're losing a community of people. That's right. That's right. So, and it's not just limited to the substance use disorder community. First time experimental and occasional users and babies are dropping dead and they've never died before. Right. You know, before because it's poisoning and they can't yeah. get that in their heads. We're not talking about drug abuse. We're talking about it's, poisoning. A, I don't care if they're hooked on fentanyl. If they're out seeking fentanyl, they're still being poisoned. That's right. That's right. I mean, it's just disgusting. It's like genocide. Like, yeah. uh, what is going on? It, it's corrupt. It's corruption because they can do a better job. But, you know, who makes money off of sick people? Big Pharma. Yep. Who keeps sick people sick? Big Pharma. Oh, and now Big Pharma makes the Narcan. So, you know, they make money all around. Yep. You are correct. How many people are you expecting for your rally? I don't know. I pray a thousand. I pray more than a thousand. Honestly, How many did you have last year? Anywhere between 600 and 1,000. I, I, I think you'll double it easily. I honestly don't know, but this year I'm going to find out because I'm going to have a registration book so I can. Okay. Because people ask me every year, how many people? I don't know. And I'm, just, and I'm just curious, but I, unfortunately it's going to grow. You're going to have more and more every year until we can somehow end this, you know? Look, if you think about it, my group's got 28,000 people. I'm the biggest fentanyl group on Facebook. There you go. But let me tell you, 28,000 people, that's nothing. No. Nope. That's nothing. We lost over 100,000 last year, over 100,000 the year before. So where are they all? I'm going to tell you where. Grief is debilitating. Yes. And most people that lose a child do nothing. Yep. Because it's that, it's sick. I'm not mad. I'm not upset. But it breaks my heart. Yep. We need people to come together and they don't have to have lost anybody to fentanyl. If you agree with our message, support us, join our fight. Our politicians are corrupt and really us families, we're going to be the ones to make the change because eventually they're going to get sick of hearing us. Because like I said, when I started my group, when I had 7,000 members, I said, we're turning into an army. Now, two years later, we're 28,000 strong. And we keep growing. Yep. Yep. I think that what you're doing is amazing. The The speakers that you're having at your event, are they all on the website as well? Um, actually, they are not on the website, but you know, that's you good. Tell I, us? You want to tell I, us who they are? I, I should actually put that um, agenda. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to read it so I don't miss anybody. Okay. I did it down because I had a feeling you might ask me. Okay. So we have Mark Morgan, Jason Jones, Gerald Posner, Derek Maltz, um, Gordon Chang, Tom Homan, Jim Raw, um, Thaddeus Cleveland, and a couple other people. I like but it. They're all the real, they're my big dogs. Yep. Yep. And if any of those big dogs, you know, we've had Gerald and Derek on the podcast, but any, if any of those other big dogs would like to come on the podcast and talk to us, please send them our way. Oh, okay. I definitely will. Cause I know some would like to Thaddeus Cleveland. I know he will. He's awesome. a sheriff in, um, Terrell County, um, Texas and, you know, right on that border there. And, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. He's, would, 
would love to hear from him. April, thank you for what you're doing. I am, I'm, I cannot tell you how sorry I am that you lost a child, but I, I have to tell you how much I love you and appreciate you for what you're doing. And the fact that you turned your grief into something as powerful as you have right now. Thank you for doing that. There's so many moms and dads. I'm not alone. I know. There's so many people out there doing things. And I always tell people, no something is too small. And all them somethings, they add up. So if all you can manage to do is put on a fentanyl awareness shirt and walk out the door, start off with that. You know, it. And, and, and just wearing a fentanyl shirt, that's not too small. Every time I step out of my house wearing anything that says fentanyl, I get stopped. Yep. So you're raising awareness and whatever you can do and know something is too small and they all add up. Imagine if every single person that lost someone was doing something. Oh, my gosh. The world would really hear us then. Yes, ma'am. Thank so, you, April. Thank you for doing what you're doing, and thank you for telling us all about it today. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for having me on. And for everybody listening, Lost Voices of Fentanyl, so that's L-V-O-F dot org. Find out about the rally. Go to the rally, September 23rd in Washington, and add your voice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Once again, the website is lvof.org. That stands for Lost Voices of Fentanyl, lvof.org. Find out about the rally on September 23rd and go if you can or buy a t-shirt and educate people on fentanyl. We'll be back again next week with another interview. You have been listening to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, reach out to us on Facebook or go to www.theaddictionpodcast.com. Our email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com.